Hi, and welcome to another episode of Beyond the Vanilla Bean. I'm your host, Kay. And I'm your host, Gray. And today we're going to talk about MS relationships. So where before we talked about DS being dominant, submissive, uh, MS can be uh, mistress and slave. It can also be master and slave. And to help us talk about this, we have uh, Alexis and Sean. All right, so Alexis and Sean, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves and your dynamic? Hi, my name's Alexis. I've been in the lifestyle about 30 years. Sean and I have been together about 12 years or so. And uh, we started out in the local community, pretty hot and heavy, and kind of mellowed over the years. So that's where we are now. Hi, my name is Sean. I've been in the lifestyle about 14 years. So wandering around for two years, and then I got lucky. Oh, very cool, very cool. So, Alexis, can you tell us what is MS to you? Well, um, a little, I started out a little more heavy-handed, I'd say, than some mistresses. I'm pretty strict, or at least I was, <laughs> when we first got started. And, uh, my version of it is pretty much total power exchange with limit. You know, everybody's got limits, let's be real. But, uh, you know, we still live female-led lifestyle, to put it in, you know, terms that people can understand. But that's kind of what it means to me, is that total power exchange. And Sean? Yeah, I mean, this is going to sound silly, but I have to agree with her. That's pretty much what it would mean to me. The MS relationship is a total power exchange where the female is in charge, specifically her. So what, um, you guys are throwing around total power exchange. What does that look like? What is that? Some of our listeners, if I'm New. Yeah, new. Yeah, everybody may not know. Um, he doesn't really have, or doesn't really have decisions that he makes on his own, other than maybe some small little things like, "What do I want to eat today?" Total power exchanges. I have all the power in the relationship. I decide what kind of clothes he wears in general. I decide where he eats or what he eats in general. And when we were very first started, up until pretty recently, I decided if and when he went to the bathroom. So that's what it means to me. He gave me everything. So basically. Right, sure. <laughs> he gets control. Trying to think of the right phrase. Um, anything she wants to, really. Yeah. If that I makes mean, any sense. I just don't like the small stuff. Yeah, <laughs> some of the little details, she's like, no. But sometimes there's one she's like, nope. So, what is important for others to understand about this dynamic to you? It is not for everybody. I just say it's for a very, very, very small percentage of an already small community. Um, you know, it just takes two very specific personalities at the right time in their lives. I mean, that's 
it's a crapshoot <laughs> to find somebody that matches you. Yeah, that's in true. this lifestyle like that. That's absolutely true. And uh, be aware that, like she said, you have to find somebody with a similar personality at the right time in their life, and be aware that the right time in their life may change during the time that you're together. Because the world happens, let's be honest. Uh, what drew you to this type of dynamic? And I want an answer from each of you. I'm a big old control freak. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. I like things in order. I like rules. I don't know how else. Well organized. That's the, you know, some of all of it. Uh, I guess I'm a little chaotic when it comes to order in my life. But I'd have to say that uh, the ongoing, I don't want to say conformity, but the ongoing um, structure of everything, knowing that there are Specific things that are there that are always going to be there, and specific things you can fall back on and ask your mistress or master the case may be, or expect from them and expect to be asked to deliver to them. That's reassuring. This type of security? Yes. Very true. So, when you were beginning your dynamic, uh, what were some of the challenges you faced? How did you, how did you negotiate this? <laughs> well, he probably doesn't know this, but there was more than a couple times that I went home from seeing him that I was convinced it was wasn't going to work. It was too much. It was too much for me. I felt like I was doing him wrong. I was fucking him up. If I can say that, I'm assuming that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. people Sorry. should be all right with that if they're not. Yeah. They're on the wrong right. podcast. I'm going to ask that question. So, uh, go ahead. What do you have to say about that? Uh, it was intense, and some of it was new. So, I mean, if you're not used to giving 100% of yourself to someone, just the idea of doing so can be quite scary and make you doubt what you're doing. And I had some doubts in the very beginning, but... Yeah, because I wasn't asking for a little. No. I was asking for everything. I, I asked for everything, and I knew what I was asking for. But yeah. my philosophy has always been to leave them better then you found them as far as submissives go. I mean, if you're going to be in somebody's life, whether you're getting sex or whatever out of them, be a positive influence. Yes. You know what I mean? Try to to make their life better. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to build you up. I don't want to tear you down. Help them with the little things. Yeah, so there were a lot of challenges we tried uh, a more lighthearted one was abstinence for uh, a month. That was how it 
He wasn't allowed to orgasm for a whole month. And he, yes, I did this at the very beginning. And he went from being a bachelor to like masturbating multiple times in a day to me telling him no more. And it was not easy. <laughs> and it was just as hard on me. Well, okay. It was, it felt just as hard on me because I had to listen to it every day. So you say that for the last 12 years, you've been in this particular dynamic. So um, in the same way as I'm asking you about the challenges when you began, what are the challenges you've had since then? What what has helped you um, create this dynamic that's, that's changed to fit you as you've changed? Well, we've gone from more of a total power exchange relationship that we were at the beginning into more partner in a lot of ways. Yes, definitely. I mean, definitely, especially from the outside looking in. We definitely look more like, you know, partners. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're pretty suburban. Um, so that's changed, and that's some challenges because I had to let go of some things, you know. But you can't maintain what we had for this amount of time. You can't expect somebody not to want to grow and not to want more of me and more out of me as far as a partnership kind of deal. And, you know, life just happens that way anyway. You know, I can't be, you know, carrying a whip and smacking him in the middle of Perkins while we're meeting our daughter for lunch, you know. Yeah. It, it just eventually life gets in the way, so you can't right. continue that that long right. and that's a challenge you just have to compromise just like any other relationship right but it's still family and uh parents are still friends <laughs> matriarchal yeah no i don't like that word because that sounds like she's my mom and that's definitely not the case that's great almost like she trusts my judgment at this point because she trained me enough to you know she got me in my head enough that I, now i have her judgment you were chaos so i heard that put a little order in there uh -huh. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break because uh we're going to run a quick commercial on how you can rejoin your community
Hi, I'm Gray. And this is how you connect to your local BDSM community. First, create an account on FetLife. It is the Facebook for kinky people. Second, your city and state to your actual city and state. Third, click that city within the places area of FetLife. Or attend matches and events in your local area. This has been how to connect, connect with, with your local BDSM community. community. Yay! Yeah! Yes. We have um, a list of rules. 
Maybe a dozen. Yeah. Um, I don't think we have any hard limits per se, besides in terms of what we do and play and that sort of thing, but hard limits on most things outside of that. Yeah, most of those were out, outside things, how we would what you would say, how you would yeah. refer to me, ask me to go to the restroom, that sort of thing. Right. I mean, we didn't really touch on a lot of limits, and I'll be honest, it's because I spent a fucking lot of time getting to know him and getting to know what was acceptable and Midori has this uh, idea that people uh, have pillars in their personality mm -hmm. that everybody has basic pillars that hold up who and what they are and you can play with those things you can kick out one pillar build a person back up again after that if you're a good person but <laughs> if you start kicking out multiple pillars you're really fucking somebody else okay and i he actually told me about that early on and when i heard that it just clicked in my head that you know i'm here to build him up i can play with this and kick him down a little bit a little bit of humiliation here and there but I'm going to be able to pop him back up again, and I can't mess with anything else. I've spent a lot of time getting to know him. I didn't even worry about limits at that point. So this brings up a question for me. Um, how long did you know each other before you entered the dynamic? We met in a really funny way on like Halloween. <laughs> of one year that he moved here. It was the first weekend he moved to Memphis. And we got together finally in May? May of the following year. Yeah. So we played a little bit just randomly. He played with a, you know, a lot of other people at that time. Casually, I should say. Right. And uh, so we knew each other. I knew kind of who he was, what he was about before that. But it was a while before, yeah. I want to say before I really caught her interest, so to speak. Yeah, so we played that, we played one time by ourselves, and that's when I knew. He didn't know then, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> so I had another question come up. How, how long was it, um, the process of calling? Um, him his collar I gave him a training collar and that lasted a year yeah. it was one year so we knew each other for about a year and a half before I collared him I take collaring very seriously it's a wedding ring for me I don't want to give them out but maybe a couple times in my life <laughs> <laughs> very cool very cool so it sounds like six, six months getting to know each other and a good year of training mm -hmm. for you were solidified and you both yeah. knew. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. Well, we were certain well. We were certain before that, but you know, you want to learn all you, I wanted to learn all I could about him and yeah. he wasn't real uh, 
self-reflective, let's say. So <laughs> he had to learn how to self-reflect and and then verbalize it. <laughs> that was the hard part. What I'm loving about this is the time you took. Um, with my current relationship, I gave it six months before I put a color consideration on, and that has been six months, so we hit six months this month, and then my next step is a training color that could be about a year for me, mm -hmm. for, what, uh, for what I'm doing, so that's fantastic. Um, what I really want to know also is, what is your favorite part of your dynamic? Then <laughs> what is your favorite thing? Rainbows and butterflies and yeah. unicorns and crap. I am a very private person and I don't get intimate with a lot of people. I'm pretty closed off. I'm more intimate with him than I've ever been with anybody in my entire life. So that's what I get out of it, and that's the best thing for me. We're so intertwined now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize it because I wasn't very, very self-reflective previous to this, but I'm a very hands-on person with someone I'm with, especially with someone I'm deeply intimate with. I rub against them or touch them or stroke them or kiss them or whatever all the time and love that in return. Alright, so wow, great answers. <laughs> <laughs> so uh what do you guys consider the differences between um MS and DS? Well and for you guys that don't know DS is dominant submission. I guess, you know, we'd have to say it was more casual then MS, I would say DS is more, can be more casual. But, you know, I, people can label themselves however they like. They like. So I don't want to, you know, I'm not judging anybody. If somebody wants to call themselves TPE and total power strength, but they just do it on a weekend, who really gives a flying thing? But uh, I guess that's, if you're looking for categorizing nicely, then I would say it's just more casual. Whether it's a weekend thing, whether it's a date night thing. Um, I would have to say the MS portion of it is more, yeah, less casual, more threading throughout your entire week, so to speak. You know what I mean? Oh, sorry. Uh, I mean, they go, it's at least in some way, shape, or form almost every day. Oh, yeah. Uh, DS is more along the lines of, or at least it seems to me, I mean, my understanding of it is it's more uh, set times or agreed upon, yeah. that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's not to say that they can't both be as similarly intense and uh, long-lasting and in yeah. that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, just that, from what I'm seeing, MS takes it into a more social level yeah. than DS does. Yeah, I can see that. 
What do you mean by social work? Um, well, for instance, in my understanding of what I've seen and how it works and what I've read, that sort of thing, DS is uh, kind of like something that happens at the club, for instance, but like usually only at the club, give or take. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously people play in private, but MS is the club at home at the soccer game, you know, that sort of thing. Even though, even you're not, you know, obviously whipping each other at the soccer game or whatever and beating up somebody, but she's still in charge per se. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. So, in your opinion, what is something that people need to think about before entering this type of relationship? Um, and is there something that you know people need to steer away from when considering this? To be clear, we're talking about an MS relationship. Y'all listening in? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, I would say, personally, I think people need to kind of know it's more with MS. Like, I kind of feel like complimentary at the very least. Yeah, uh, definitely complimentary. I'm not sure. I mean, I guess it's no, I don't feel like you can have a MS relationship without being CTV. Yeah. the rudest, master, slave, mistress, slave, owner, property, they're all exactly. kind of the same. Um, you're not lost. Because 
sometimes just ordering somebody to talk to you isn't going to work. Or, I mean, you know, if you're on the other side and things are fraying, you can't order your, your master or mistress to talk to you per se. You need to be able to pause and actually have the relevant conversation with two human beings to each other. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes. Not all times. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we needed time off. Yeah. We had boy time. That's what we called it. Yeah. He'd go off for a weekend or a week, and then I'd do my thing, and he'd do his thing. And that's how we got through the, the kind of, yeah, adjustment periods and stuff, really. Yeah. That, brings up, <clears throat> that brings up an idea for me that um, maybe I've been fascinated with conflict resolution, conflict, more appropriately, conflict management. So, regarding your periods where you are um, talking to each other just like people, um, is that structured or is it on an as needed basis? Or has that, was it once structured and is now as needed? How has that worked with you? At the beginning, it was kind of unstructured structure because I would ask him almost daily about how he was and his, you know, what was going on in his brain and stuff like that. Um, but there was no, I wasn't like doing that really on purpose. You know what I mean? I wasn't making a point to, you know, write down check with him today, check with him tomorrow. Yeah. I wasn't really doing that on purpose, but yeah, it was more. For lack of a better phrase, it's kind of like a probing question, trying to get uh, feelings, thoughts, you know, that sort of thing. It wasn't really like a structured half-hour meeting or something, yeah. for instance. And then the only, I mean, really, when we needed it most was whenever there was some sort of conflict, not necessarily with between us, but just around us sometimes, yeah. that we needed to take a breather, you know. Because mom passed away while we were together. My mom passed away while we were together. So, you know, yeah. sometimes you just have to pause because life says you have to. Although, <laughs> <laughs> strangely enough, out of all that, those are the um, Do you think it is easier, harder, or just different, I guess, being in a uh, female-led relationship when kind of mainstream, and I say mainstream, but kink isn't exactly mainstream yet, but <laughs> you know, the mainstream relationship that's been put out there is male-led, female-submissive. It like ours. You know, yeah, basically. Yeah, that part kind of sucks. We just got friends that are <laughs> like high school friends that you still talk to, and He's not allowed to use my name. He doesn't say my name, my given name. He calls me goddess. Except, and around around um, family and stuff, it's okay because you don't really need to call somebody by their name. Hey, you know, I need, can I get me that? You know, you, you can get away with that a little bit. But whenever you spend so much time, we spend a lot of time role-playing online and we're on the headsets. And it gets hard because he can't say my name. He's our, he's our GM, too. So he's like, you need to go. It's your turn. And you can't say my name. But we don't really want to put that on them because, really, it's kind of like they didn't consent to be involved in our relationship. And the minute I tell them he calls me goddess, they have an understanding about our relationship. 
It's pretty intimate, right? At this point, they think I'm fucking them in the ass, you know, <laughs> after we get off the mic, right? right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm bringing him straight into all that mess as soon as he says, got it. So we have to navigate all that bullshit, and I don't like it. <laughs> but in another way, it's not really that bad for the simple fact that um, we're kind of private, except even with our friends, we're still kind of private. Um, so they don't necessarily see specifically their female legs most of the time, most of the casual friends, that sort of thing. Um, and it doesn't really come up because all of our, usually our talks and decision making and all that, or her decision making, is done between us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, that being said, you know, I probably, I know I have a more than slightly misogynistic friend who probably thinks I'm whipped, but I am, sort of, except you take all the negative connotations of that away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of being able to say, yeah, I'm whipped, and it provides the best reason. Mm -hmm. And it yeah. serves me, it serves my partner. And it serves our relationship. Yeah, exactly. I, and half of me wants to tell if we encounter a kind of guy with a lot of machismo or something like that, you know, half of me wants to say, hey, buddy, I get it. I'm just like you. Uh, what do you think I'm doing here? <laughs> you know, talk to me. <laughs> Let's compare notes. <laughs> I got ideas I can give you. Keep her in line and shit. Come on. <laughs> but they don't get it. They just want to. All of the time. <laughs> so I keep my mouth shut. So Alexis spends her life with her mouth being shut a lot. <laughs> so that's how I get through those times. <laughs> Understandable. Why is that? All in all. I tried to tell, well, I did tell my family, um, like a bunch of female cousins. Mm -hmm. and, and the girls and I, because they were like hounding me and hounding me about yeah. questions about the relationship I was in at the time. And I was trying to explain how it was female led and blah, 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 blah. And one of my cousins, he's like, Oh, so you be whooping in this shit? And she's like <laughs> running around the house, like, <laughs> Yeah, she's 21, and this guy becomes her 
Sugar Daddy and at first he shoves like buying shoes or whatever. But then like he treats her and all of her friends to like a wardrobe basically. He starts sending uh credit cards to her in his name and he just wants to be drained uh each mm. month by by it. That's about humiliation right there, isn't it? But it seems Financial like, yeah, the way they uh, worded it to begin with, it kind of seems like he was doing it more of the middle of the in the beginning, and then like, full blown. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like it seemed like it confidence. was kind of like casual, uh-huh. like maybe a Tinder beat up or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just want to buy you a pair of shoes, my needs and if it meets your needs then if no one's been harmed yeah then, then it should be okay right yeah all right ah oh, it is just about that time so we want to thank Alexis and Sean for coming with us on the show today to discuss uh, MS dynamics you're welcome. You're welcome. You're very welcome. Thank you for inviting us. We enjoyed ourselves right here. Okay. Well, we enjoyed having you. Thank you. As the music comes on, our theme song is Bleed by Mama Honey. You can find them at mamahoneymemphis.com. You can reach us at, at B-Y-O-N-D, B-A-N-I-L-L-A, Beyond, without the E, uh, on Instagram, on Twitter. And in FetLife. Yeah, and Facebook. Hi. Something is beyond the vanilla bean. And thank you for joining us on another episode of Beyond the Vanilla Bean.